Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling part one of the story of Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571. Thanks for listening. Okay. Is this happening? Are we recording? We are recording. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Uh, Finally, at weeks last. Weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, Mariah, Gosh, I love you. I love, I love you so much. Thank I love you for... the sound of your voice. <laughs> it's been a really long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been weeks. So today we're actually doing the first part of one of my favorite stories. And again, favorite is always like a really weird word to apply to these situations. Yeah. And I don't mean any disrespect, certainly, but just a story that like has deeply fascinated me for like half my life like, mm. ever since I found out about it and uh it it's just an incredible story so it will take more than one episode to talk about um and uh, usually guys Mariah knows nothing about the stories that we tell beforehand but Mariah there's a zero percent chance that I haven't <laughs> ranted to you about this in the past <laughs> so like okay. you have heard me go on and on about this okay so um <laughs> but now you get all the details oh, literally wait. just a huge pile the the first part is 10 pages long so perfect just fill in my <laughs> um, Swiss cheese brain oh it's gonna be I can't wait cheddar what's like a yeah. dense cheese <laughs> cheddar brain uh, cheese cheddar. whiz brain it's gonna be nice yeah oh boy <laughs> that one's for you karen ann that's when my sweet mama loves cheese whiz oh yeah cheese um, whiz yeah she doesn't love it she hates it it's a long it's a joke <laughs> it's like a i can't even explain it but you know what, i don't think i've it. ever had cheese favorite. whiz right right i don't I've think i've ever had it had because it, no. People will give it to my mom as a gag gift. Oh my gosh. Because that's what family is, guys. That is. is having yep. fun stuff like that happen for yes. <laughs> getting cheese whiz every year because <laughs> of something that happened in 1993. Yes. But listen, do it. That's do it. what family is for. That is family. Yeah. So, uh, but so today we're telling the story of uh, Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571. Okay. So I'm gonna a couple like little things about accents, right? Like I'm probably gonna say Uruguayan and Uruguayan totally, <laughs> totally just mix them up just interchangeably. I'm sorry that my accent is like this. <laughs> but, we can't help uh, it. So we can't help it. We can't help it. I heard somebody say in India, I heard somebody refer to the Himalayas as the Himalayas. Oh. And it's been drilled into my brain ever since where I always want to say Himalaya. Because doesn't that sound like smooth? Yeah. But Himalaya. Himalaya. Is, that's, my, that's, that's the reality of my accent. Right. So. <laughs> the, um, so we're going back to 1972, baby. All right. So you know what that means. Smoking on planes. smoking on planes <laughs> a lot smoking on planes like it's your job Just, yeah because it's south america in the 70s baby we so uh the our flight today is leaving uh from um it's montevideo i like actually practice saying this so montevideo hope it's right uruguay right. 
to Santiago, Chile. So you're going to need like your mental map or just look at a map, uh, friends, whichever you prefer. <laughs> so if you imagine, uh, like go to the bottom of South America and uh, on the uh, right side, the east side, there's little Uruguay, right? Yep. And Montevideo is on the east coast, right? So it's on the water on the east coast of that little pizza slice at the bottom of South America, right? Yeah. Uh, really quick, and... really quick. Do you remember Please. when we tried to memorize every country and its location? Do you remember I this? I do. <laughs> we did pretty well, I we think. We did pretty well. I think we got pretty far. Yeah, we did. That's, why, that's probably the reason it. why... I forgot about that, and it is probably the reason why I was encouraged people to like get out their mental maps now. <laughs> yes. So I'm glad you remember that. So so keep that map in your mind, friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Santiago, so um, Chile is on the other side, the west coast of South America, um, and Santiago is on the coast, right? So it's on the west coast. So it's it's east coast to west coast, but obviously way down at the bottom of South America. Those are not super far away from each other, right? This should be like a relatively, like a 90-minute, two-hour flight, mm -hmm. right? Uh, now, it does pass over the uh, Andes Mountains, um, but planes fly over mountains all the time. The Himalayas are the, you know, only mountains that people really don't fly over all the time, you know, routinely. And the Andes, if you tomorrow have to fly from Uruguay to Chile, don't worry about it at all yeah. because you cruise right at whatever 32, 38, 40,000 feet. And the uh, Andes are about like 28,000 feet. Mm. So what are we going to call it? 9,000 meters for our dear friends. Um, so, so yeah, so it shouldn't be a big deal, but, but it is the seventies, <laughs> right? And the, our plane today is a, a Fairchild FH227. It's four years old, hmm. just a little baby. And, uh, we, haven't this this plane might come up again it's possible it's owned by the air force right so it's an air force aircraft um uh, uh 227 is like like a chunk of a plane mm. it's really like dense um it has uh the wings instead of being in like the center of a normal jet right they're at the top like a cessna right so um which has its pros and cons right it makes it more stable makes it uh but you know it's not as good not as fast i don't know right, right. <laughs> so twin turboprop so it's got propeller uh, engines on either side and uh it's referred to as a lead sled so this plane is heavy and not really strong enough to support the weight of the plane right so there were uh 78 of these planes produced and ultimately 23 of them crashed wow which is an unfathomable record yeah right? that's a that's pretty like, bad record i think it has to be one of the worst records in aviation yeah it's unbelievable if you figure how many two two <laughs> 737 maxes crashed 
and they grounded the whole fleet of like hundreds of planes, right? Which was the right move. I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. Right. I'm glad they did. But I'm just saying, like, it's the 70s, baby. Let right. those boys crash, I guess. Like, I don't know. I was going to say, like, they so, let 20 too many crash. Yeah, like, really. E. Seriously. A third, fully a third of these yeah. planes crashed. Jeez. And yeah, not good. Um, but you know who doesn't know that stat? is our passengers this isn't like a regular scheduled flight obviously right this isn't a commercial flight that goes every day um there is a this is where you're gonna know what story i'm talking about okay there is a uruguayan rugby team oh yeah um, i know you know i've been holding this one back yes but, um so there's a uruguayan rugby team called the old christians mm. and they wanted to play rugby against i kid you not the old boys club uh who are the team in santiago and they did the math or whatever and the best way to get there was to charter a plane from the air force right so which is like a fascinating thing to me but the i, I there's like a section I cut out of this where I talk about how like the uh, Uruguayan Air Force um, like did this like that was who you would go to in Uruguay to um, uh, like charter a plane and it was one of the ways that they made money for the Air Force mm. was by doing like commercial aviation kind of so our boys our old christians uh chartered the plane uh the plane sat 40 passengers right so it took five crew to run this little flight which is not you know standard today obviously mm. but um so they can have 40 passengers on it and they don't have 40 people on their rugby team right so they're super excited they're a bunch of like young guys like 19 to 25 like you know young rugby players or whatever yeah. and so they like invited friends they invited family they you know were just this is an exciting trip they were going to fly there play the game and fly back all in one day uh and so they like filled it up at like the last second somebody canceled and a lady like a random neighbor lady was like oh you know my daughter is getting married in santiago like i'll just hop on can i get a ride and they were like yeah get yeah. on the ride which I mean, the it's very like it's a very masculine plane, yeah. right? So you've got the the five crew members are the two pilots, a navigator, a flight engineer, and a flight attendant. And the flight attendant's a man, the pilots are men, the, all the crew are men, like thirty five or thirty seven rather men, like young lads or right. whatever. And then <laughs> and then three ladies, one being like a neighbor lady who wants to go to her daughter's wedding. Uh and then the sister and mother of one of the players, right? And the sister is 17 and literally tagged along straight up because she's a 17 year old girl she yeah, wants to hang out yeah. with these boys she wants to right? hang out with those lads <laughs> she does she wants to she's gonna enjoy this trip like she just wants to crush on boys yeah. so uh so yeah looking looking like a fun little day um as you often say i wish they were not on this yeah, podcast right, so right. the crew we have captain colonel julio 
uh, the Lieutenant Colonel Dante, and Dante is a trainee. So Julio is training Dante um, how to fly over the Andes, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not, it's, you know, you got to learn how to do it. It's not straightforward. Um, and the uh, flight attendant's name is Guido, God bless him. Love him. And the uh, navigator's name is Ramon. We're going to come back to the other guy. So um, the 45 souls on board, the plane is totally packed. This plane that is too heavy and underpowered is totally packed. And they take off from Montevideo and uh, they head out on what should be a short flight, right? Uh, So we all know that mountains create weather, create storms, create air currents, do all of that. So as they were approaching the Andes, uh, big powerful storm whipped up really unexpectedly. Uh, But fret not, my dears, uh, because they just landed safely in a little town uh, called Mendoza. just a little town at the foothills of the Andes on the east side. So on the same side, they haven't crossed the Andes yet. So they landed, they planned to leave first thing in the morning, slept over. Uh, the trip's taking a little longer than they expected, right? So, and I'm imagining like little stuff, like they didn't have like a ton of luggage with them. You know what I mean? They mm. had like their uniforms and like clothes to change into after the game, whatever. Who cares? This is just a romp. They're having a good time. They spend the night there. They wake up the next day. The storm still going. Uh, so instead of getting to leave first thing in the morning, they end up leaving after two in the afternoon, like a quarter after two. Um, so go back to your little mental map, right? Mm. So imagine where Santiago is, right? Um, and on the west coast of South America. Mm-hmm. Mendoza is really almost directly across the Andes, like as the crow flies, as the crow flies, flies, it's like a, as the crow flies, it's like a straight line, right? From Mendoza to Santiago. Um, But there's some of the tallest mountains in that area. So the mountain range that's directly between Mendoza and Santiago is um, uh, the mountains go are in the 24 to 26 thousand feet range in height um but this plane our fh227 maxes out around twenty eight thousand feet so yeah a little little close for comfort right (laughs) and our boy julio our pilot uh knows that that doesn't sound like the best idea ever he knows the plane is packed he knows that it's a lead sled so he um they're going to use a mountain pass. So just in case anyone doesn't know, a mountain pass is is a point where you can pass through mountains because there's kind of like a break in the mountains, right? So instead of having to climb up and over a mountain, you can go kind of between them, right? So there's a mountain pass. It's not like flat ground between there, to be clear. It's just lower mountains, right? So uh, they basically need to make like a big U shape, right? So they need to go south, uh, cross over the mountains through the pass and then go north to Santiago. Mm. Even with all that, it's a 90 minute flight. It's nothing. It's fine. Right. So they take off at a quarter after two uh, and they head south. And then they make their turn to cross through the mountain pass. Uh, now, we already talked about how it's been storming. It's not storming anymore. 
but it's very, very cloudy, right? It's very, very, very cloudy, thick, dense clouds. So the uh, pilots are using their instruments to fly the plane. Um, this is, there's no radar in this area. It's not, you know, nobody can see where they are. We said this is a 90 minute flight, right? So it's very short. So the time to cross through the mountain pass is only about 11 minutes to get all the way over the Andes, right? Wow. The point where they turn north, right? Like the landmark where they know they're over the Andes and they know it's time to turn north is called Cursico. Nope. Curiso? Curico. It's called Curico. <laughs> or I wrote it wrong. Who knows? But uh, it's a small town, right? It's just that's the town. You know that you're over the Andes. You can turn north, right? Um, is that the landmark, like anything. the seeing the town? Or is there like a specific landmark they would so they in in the ideal conditions maybe they could see the town mm. um in these conditions they don't actually lay eyes on it but they're meant to measure where they are in space gotcha. like this is like the math of flying right keeping track uh, they can't see anything and they don't have radar they're using literally math and their instruments wow. to see when they've you know crossed uh it takes 11 minutes to cross over the andes and see Corsico or Corico on on yeah. a clear day. Um, for some reason that we will never know, after three minutes, the pilot called air traffic control in Santiago and said, I'm over Corico. Can I have permission to turn north? And three minutes into that trip, you are not over Corico. Oh. You are not past the Andes. Too soon. You are in the you're in the middle of the Andes. Ugh. In the pass. In dense, dense, dense cloud cover. Mm-hmm. So the flight, the uh, air traffic controller obviously has no idea. They don't know that um, like where the plane is. They trust the pilot's report of where he is and again why he thought that it it just isn't knowable Hmm. um he was supposed to turn uh to like a 14 degree heading for some reason he turned to a 30 degree heading so he didn't turn his plane in, in the right direction and he wasn't where he thought he was right so he turned north east into the mountains and then he calls air traffic control to ask if he can begin to descend because he thinks he's coming in towards Santiago air traffic control grants permission because they don't know they believe he knows where he is so as they make this turn they begin to descend to 11,500 feet uh, and again, the mountains in this region are in the twenty to 26,000 feet range. Uh, the people in the back have been rowdy, to say the least. They are a bunch of lads. Their adventure has turned into more of an adventure. I assume the rugby game had just been postponed because they were late. Um, and they are being rowdy. They are smoking. They are dancing around they're giving the flight attendant a hard time Mm. you know whatever um and the 
captain, you know, tells them, you know, hey, we were, you know, descending. Uh, everybody sit down and put your seatbelts on. And at first they were kind of like, eh, whatever, like we do what we want. Captain Julio said over the intercom, you know, like, hey, it's about to get bumpy. Or I think the exact translation is like the plane is going to dance. Oh my so gosh. Spanish is fun. But yeah. um, the uh, plane does start to get bumpy. Right. And and that's to be expected in a descent when you're flying through clouds, no matter what. Everybody takes their seat, gets buckled in. But instead of kind of that normal turbulence that we've all felt, the turbulence becomes extreme, really extreme, intense turbulence. Everything that they see around them is only clouds. And we know that the reason for the extreme turbulence is because they are flying directly over and through mountains and mountains create an immense amount of turbulence, even if you're way, way, way above them. So the plane starts to shake, shake, shake. The plane hits an air pocket or downdraft and drops, just drops 200 feet uh, before catching itself. And then, you know, continuing on the plane is getting whipped whipped around and it's very scary for the people in back obviously and i'm sure it's scary for the pilots as they descend as the plane gets whipped 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 around shaking 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 they drop below the cloud cover and suddenly see that they're surrounded by mountains they're at the level of the mountains as they're flying the uh, mountains around them uh, come into view and they can see the dark ridge of the tall mountains ahead of them. On board, there's like a mix of, so the door is open, right? Like any other, um, like planes were, the cockpit door is open, like they often would be on planes like this, mm-hmm. right? So the uh, people in back are confused like some people are like are you sure like are we supposed to fly this low and some people are panicking because they know you're not supposed to fly that low the pilots obviously see this and immediately know that they are in fact too low and so they push ahead full throttle and lift the nose of the plane the plane is so heavy the engines are so weak so as the pilot tries to push the plane to ascend it it it's too late. It's too late. He attempts to dodge different mountains. He sees that there's like a point. They're headed straight toward a mountain that has like two peaks. And there's like a dip in between them, a ridge. And the ridge is about exactly at their level. He he tries his best. He increases the power to max. He pulls up the nose of the plane. Uh, some reports say that the plane was almost vertical, which we all know, in fact, is not going to work. But, you know, and can, in fact, stall the plane but he was desperate he was doing what a human being would do in that situation the nose of the plane cleared the ridge but the the tail hit the tail they're too low yeah it's too late the tail of the plane hits the top of the ridge at 13,800 feet. The plane bounces along, right? Uh, The nose drops as the tail hits, the plane bounces. The right wing hits a ridge 
and flies off. The yeah. right wing flies off and slams into the already damaged tail of the plane. Oh. It immediately pulls off the horizontal stabilizer. The entire uh, tail section just rips off and takes two rows of seats. The galley, the luggage, all of that goes flying off. There were five people who fell out of the plane in that moment. The three passengers, the flight attendant, and the navigator. The plane continues to race forward. It's going close to 300 miles per hour as it starts to pick up speed. The body of the plane slams into the mountain and sleds, luges forward. The left wing hits an outcropping and the, the engine is still running on that left wing. The the propeller slices into the fuselage as the left wing gets ripped off. The impact of the left wing hitting the fuselage knocks loose two more passengers and they fall out of the plane, Oof. that back hole. The fuselage becomes airborne for a moment, reconnects, slams down onto the back onto the mountain, continues to sled forward over 200 miles an hour before slamming into a snowbank that crushes the cockpit. Jeez. The plane is finally still. They're on a remote, unnamed mountain, 11,710 feet from sea level, and 33 of the original 45 people on board the plane are alive. No one on earth knows where they are. Oof. That's where we're going to leave it for today. Damn. This is a movie, right? Or like a documentary? Mm -hmm. It is a movie. It's everything. Okay, because I like have... It's a movie. Yeah. I have like vivid like pictures in my head of this exact scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that scene is meant to be quite well done. Yeah. So like, I think that um, uh, I'm trying to remember, do you remember who the actor there's like a, a good cast? I think it's a well done movie. Mm. Um, but do you remember who the main actor is? I don't because uh, the other thing that I'm thinking of is, am I getting this? <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Am I getting this confused with the left behind movies? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my I'm gosh. Horrified. I hope so. I hope so. No, do it. <laughs> I hope so. No, Ethan Hawke, that's who it is. What is it? Yeah. Ethan Hawke is um a famous actor, right? I gotta look and it up. It. Yeah. Again, I think that this story probably isn't new to a lot of folks, right? right. It's, it's a very famous story. Um, but it is also one of my favorite stories, and it is tangentially related to planes yeah so yeah. uh we're gonna tell it i, I don't want to say if it's going to be two parts or three parts i'm leaning pretty heavily toward three yeah so i'm sorry darling friends that after <laughs> we finally come back i do a story that's barely about planes but today was about planes this this one was this about is planes. about this is about planes i mean it is a this, plane crash. this one's about planes. this is this is yeah this is an incredible story <sighs> yeah and and i i feel like 
in general, stories, well, I shouldn't spoil anything in case anybody does. This is this this kind of story is one of my favorite kinds of stories. Mm. So mm -hmm. and it really happened. So, yeah, 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 Jeez, but, that must have been like, I can't even picture just like bumper planes on mountains with yeah no bumper like jeez right no incredibly scary yeah. and like you were i mean that idea that you that it just i i can't imagine the feeling especially i can't pardon me i can't imagine for anybody but i really really can't imagine i know that i always like connect with the pilots mm -hmm. but i can because i cannot imagine being either pilot and like coming down through the clouds and expecting to see like yeah you know planes right. or like the the fields of of chile and then instead seeing mountains yeah. it would it feels like a nightmare yeah like your heart instantly sinks into your stomach and that's it yeah well and i mean the the confusion because like he he thought he was somewhere else right. and then once he like at that moment, he didn't know. He knew he was wrong about where he thought he was, but he didn't know where he was. Do you know what I mean? He didn't. Right. He there was like an immediate risk immediate, right in front of him. But um, that. Yeah, it's just conf the confusion, I guess, is yeah. like very disturbing to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. But, Especially having to see that yeah. knowing that it's wrong, you know, whereas like passengers, right. it's like they obviously know something's wrong, but. I don't know. It's, it's just right, like a little different that, for pilots. No, I, I think you're right, because that is, again, that idea that you will. I could see weird stuff and be like, huh, I wonder right. if that's right. You know right. what I mean? But I wouldn't have like the same reaction that a pilot or an engineer or anybody who really knows a lot about this would would have, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know if you wanted to talk about anything. You definitely don't have to. And I'll cut yeah. this if you don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no. I mean, um, I I don't think I listened to the episode uh, where you shared that I was going to be gone for a little while. But um, my beloved stepfather passed away uh, in the beginning of August. Or he had a heart attack in the beginning of August and then passed away in the middle of August. So it has been a very stressful and sad time but uh you know we're okay we're we're hanging in there and we're back in business and life kind of just goes on as as normal as it can for now and that's okay you know um it's it's definitely the first extremely close death in my life so it's been a little bit weird to process you know just like the the deep emotional stuff of that but you know we're we're working through it we're working yeah. through it so it's funny my uh my computer still is registering that it's july 14th i guess that's the last time we've recorded oh that's so weird yeah I guess it's that very bizarre well then it has then it has been a long time that's I what guess. i mean i'm like staring at this yeah. and it, the calendar hasn't switched so i don't know it's been a very long yeah. time but i've missed you guys i've missed doing this and um I can't thank your mom enough. Oh my gosh. Just filling in and <laughs> just, I loved it. I loved listening to her and, um, yeah, you guys had, you guys had some pretty strong episodes there. Yeah. 
I was really impressed and I <laughs> feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, all right, I can, uh, if I need to take another break, I can. She's 100% fully competent to take my place <laughs> in, in the best way. She's, she, I, I know how much everybody missed you yeah. and everyone can miss my mom now until yes. the yes. next time you have to take a break. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's good. It's good for the heart to miss something a little bit, right? Yes, it is. So, it really is. Yeah. So <sighs> this was like, I don't in any way want to compare it, Comparing is always like a dumb, futile exercise anyway, but this is like the most cursed two months of life. Oh my God. I've experienced in a long time. It has just been just, thing after thing after thing after thing. But it's like, it's it, not only, it's for everybody. It's bizarre. Yeah. Like everybody is having yeah. a very bad two months. It's very rough. If you out there are having a great two months, I'm so glad. Like, if you yeah. accidentally soaked up all the good luck from everyone else, good for you. <laughs> Get it. But, oh, my gosh. What? Horrifying. <sighs> it's been so bad. Horrifying. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to, like... No, please. I mean... Yeah. I don't... I just... Yeah, it's... It's insane how how rough life can get, how quickly it can get. I think it's, like... I don't know. This is really... This sounds tacky. <laughs> I don't mean this to sound extremely tacky, but like it's kind of put into perspective um like a lot of our like the stories that we tell and the great loss in a lot of our stories. Oh. And it's really kind of put yeah. that into perspective. Like, you know, not that it's like that we can't um be like lighthearted about it and, you know, continue to do the podcast, but like I don't know, it's just put into perspective of like just how real life can get how quickly and you know for plane crashes i mean it's you know one day like you're hopefully like going somewhere that you want to go or you have to get somewhere and then the next you know like you're dead and your whole family has to to like yeah deal with that i don't know it's just it's surreal it's definitely surreal and yeah even you know with all of the other stuff that that we're dealing with it's it's just so fast life can just crumble so quickly but i i think about how you know one of the things that can be hard for people when they lose someone or when someone who they love loses someone is the like paralyzing fear of saying the wrong thing yeah or like not knowing what to say yep and i we obviously like it's this isn't the first time we've spoken in the last couple of months of course right yeah. um but i i guess i'm just saying that out loud because I, I know that people actually accidentally avoid people who they love and care about when they go through something because they're afraid they don't know what to say and yeah so i think about how strong that feeling can be i guess i'm just saying that yeah. because like i don't have any magic words to say right right like yeah. there's nothing i can say that will like fix it or make it better right and i guess i just wanted to like say that out loud because yeah. you are really going through something and there isn't anything i can say to fix it right but i obviously want to listen to you <laughs> right i want to yeah. be with you yeah so. yeah exactly i think that's been the trickiest thing like navigating this whole thing is, I mean, 
like I don't know what to say either you know it's just it's nobody knows what to say and that's okay like I think I kind of take solace in that it's just like I I don't have to like pretend to care what people are saying too it kind of like lets me off the bat you know like lets me off the hook of like yeah I like nothing anybody could say is it could really help you know it's just that like going through the grieving process and I don't know the other thing the other (laughs) the other strange thing I was thinking about the other day was like I know several like older people like and when I say older I mean like 75 and older who are Mm -hmm. like kind of happy but not really they're just like constantly just in the state of like earth you know and yeah I was kind of thinking about that like is that just how life is like you just by the time you're old enough you're like man I am just really done with you know loss and grief and money problems and car problems and housing problems like you know just endless problems like it's very gloom obviously to think that I think that's just where I'm at in the process but it's just like damn like and I know that it gets better and I know that you know life gets a lot easier and it's it's I, I thankfully have a um like big enough perception of like life and death and I I understand I'm not the only person in the room who has ever dealt with this or whoever will deal with this so I don't I've I think normally sometimes I have like a woe is me attitude but for this I just I don't know I don't it's just like yeah man lots of people lose their parents at a young age and that's you know, really hard. Like my brother's 23. That's really difficult. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's just a lot, a lot of things to process, I guess. Yeah. With, with like nothing for sure to say, you know? Right. And that, I mean, you, the reason why you like, we didn't have the pleasure of speaking with each other was obviously partially, because you deserve time, obviously, right? To right. not be in the public eye to the minimal <laughs> right. extent that we're in the public eye, but right. also because you took just being physically present with your family really seriously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, especially for my brothers. Um, you know, I'm I know that they listen to this. Hi, shout out. <laughs> and uh yeah, happy birthday happy birthday, Seth. Um, Happy birthday, Seth. <laughs> um, you know, but I just, I don't know, I have a little bit of life on them and have a little bit like, man, your 20s are just so hard. Your 20s are really friggin' hard and to lose your, Ugh. lose your dad on top of that. Like you're just, you know, you're just trying to survive and, and the person that you look to the most is gone. It's just, I don't know. It just feels empty and just, just really sad. So that's just kind of where yeah. we're at right now. And you know if yeah I don't know I wonder like I think about how much everybody universally loves to see like a happy healthy old person yeah (laughs) you know that's exactly it it's like yeah like when you see like a really like the sweet old lady it's like the highlight of everyone's universe like everyone is just it brings so much joy (laughs) like jolly older folks right and I, I, I only bring that up as like the 
the like other end of what you're saying because there is maybe uh, our culture doesn't make space for a lot of things that it should, but maybe yeah. there is a little bit of space for like maybe being sad and needing to be quiet when you're as, as life goes on and as yeah some stuff might build up. But when you see somebody who for whatever reason, right. Is like, is happy and thriving at that age. Yeah. It's like the greatest joy and probably because it is, immensely inspirational mm. you know like truly deeply and it, it's i you know it's always great to see somebody thriving right like i like it's always the best but somebody who's just it's just nice i guess yeah and, no it is it's like oh yeah. life 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 was definitely hard for you but it didn't destroy you yeah. you know you still yeah. and that's that's honestly just like what i aspire to be i don't I'm not like an overly jovial person to begin with, like, so I don't. I probably get that, to see the best side of you. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but I don't want to be so miserable with life that it's like not worth living. You know, like I don't. And aside from like mental health and depression and all that stuff, like I just mean, like just generalized outlook of your situation and just keeping things in a perspective and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just lots of thinking. That's what's so, what's so insidious about depression versus grief, right? Depression, like grief is about something that happens, something that you lost. And like grief can, has at least the ability to drive you to like care for yourself, to be tender with others, to like seek out something, right? Grief, grief can have the effect of even if you shut down it it is in the service of like deep mourning and like giving you space and time right where there aren't demands placed on you where you don't need to expend energy but depression which nobody asks for right but depression like robs you of that right depression shuts you off so that you can beat yourself up alone yep. and depression says mean things about you exactly like grief is this sad thing happened depression is like you're a piece of shit like yes, depression yeah. is cruel and brutal and harsh to yourself and yeah. that is it, it it's it's in your mind right so like i can sit here and say like hey if you're depressed and you're constantly saying horrible things to yourself i know that's not true right mm-hmm. i know that's not true i know whatever mean thing you said in fifth grade it just it's 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 chill like right. everybody has said and heard mean things in fifth grade like it right. sucks and it's good to feel like oh i don't want to do that again but like but that I don't know, just like, I guess, build off what you were saying, but... Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I think I I didn't really realize the difference between grief and depression and, and the outcomes that come from that, you know? And, like, the internal processing Damn. between the two. So... <sighs> Can you imagine, like, the ease of not having a prefrontal cortex? Like, Gosh. how just different... <laughs> just, like, get uh, it out of there. <laughs> I know, just lobotomize me. Like, yeah, no, I know. Like, just listen, let me be like a people... a whale or something. I don't know. No, wait. Oh my gosh, whales are too smart. But yeah, that's true. The, yeah, I I only say that because like yeah, like good prefrontal cortex allows us to like write great 
books and like <laughs> go to the moon and all of that. Yeah. But at what cost? Right. <laughs> okay, at so a pretty I'm, sad cost. I'm gonna. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Everything is is so cursed, and like a lot of other stuff happened. It's not oh like you got to just like be alone in in your grief and like. Yeah. Again, I don't want to like change the focus, but like no. it's not like I just got to like let it all along. Like it's so cursed, and it's oh so hard. And probably the thing is, is if we didn't have a prefrontal cortex, I probably wouldn't think like hmm, the last two months have been cursed. Right. <laughs> I would think like I would just be in the moment yeah. and be like, uh oh, like yeah. trouble, and then be like, okay, bedtime. You know. Right. But, right. Like. God, uh, I don't know. Pattern seeking. Yes. Ugh. Right. Exactly. I used to hear, I don't know if anyone else has ever heard this. I think my mom used to say this, but she would say, uh, death happens in threes. So like, Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. And I swear to you, I feel like a hundred people have died in the past two months. I feel like everybody's life is completely in shambles. Something is just like a miss in every single one of my like immediate contacts life like it's just i don't know i think that's the only way to put it the last two months have been completely cursed you know (sighs) so yeah i don't have a fact Uh, today i tried to get one and i just didn't i ran out of time for it to be good your your wisdom and sweet (laughs) voice is more than enough fact for me perfect (laughs) so this um story is going to involve a lot of names so buckle up everybody i can't wait so and buckle up me and my writing hand getting <laughs> writer's cramp or whatever <laughs> because yeah we'll post a map i think it's important a map like would a, be wise yeah, like a, a, map would like be a, a person map that's actually a really good idea i bet it exists yeah. i mean well, this is a pretty famous i bet it exists it must. Yeah. But don't post it yet. No, 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 no. Because we're not to that part yet. No. But, um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, yeah. But I, I'm really, I, I'm really looking forward to telling this story. I really think that it's important. Like, I think it's an important story. Yeah. I think that there's, uh, like the human element is obviously what I think of as, you know, the, I don't know, the purpose of what we do on this at least is to highlight the human element of these stories Mm -hmm. and obviously you know this story is gonna really give us ample opportunity to talk about the human element so yeah 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 seriously (laughs) seriously for this one damn i i will say it is a treat for me to be able to listen like start to finish because i mean we've talked about this one a lot but um oh yeah the format is it's like a nice treat <laughs> so i'm glad we're doing this one. <laughs> instead of me just like <laughs> saying no. randomly like oh yeah this one guy God did damn. this and then this happened right. like just yeah Casey talking about yeah. that plane crash again no 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 I know. not at all not this at all. one especially not at this all this one especially <laughs> but uh i love you so much i love you too i love you so so much i'm so glad that you're back yeah i love I'm my glad mom to be so back. much yeah I'm, but i love you oh I am I'm very glad to be back. I've missed it. Uh yeah, I've missed it. It's good to just yeah. like, you know, get back into things and kind of just like grasping for normalcy, you know. For all yeah. of us. I mean, yeah. like we've said, it's been a curse two months 
or like we're going <sighs> <Right>. to say. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, we'll we'll pray for a, a blessed next two months. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, I, I yeah, I love you. You know, I love, I love you. you. I love all of you, darling friends. Yeah. Um, you can, if you are so inclined, uh, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. You can always always email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com um you can write us a review on amazon apple Apple. on apple (laughs) on apple podcast google it one of the a ones (laughs) review us on amazon maybe we'll make an account like as if we're selling a product (laughs) um and the don't no press guys (laughs) truly um but we did enable um the follower give us money thing what is it called the, <laughs> i don't know this the, is the oh like the listener donation i think is what it's called listener support we we oh, enable okay. something on the at the there should be a link on the bottom of this if you look um to uh, sign up to support us um i think like the denominations are like two dollars five dollars ten dollars a month um no pressure like from the bottom of our hearts no pressure but if you like this uh, our darling friend dear friend of the show aaron i the first time i ever emailed him i was like why don't you have a patreon like i want (laughs) to give you my money right (laughs) and uh aaron is uh gracious um and doesn't have one but (laughs) if you guys wanted to give us money since aaron won't take it then um we wouldn't turn it down i guess so awkward so awkward but we do enjoy making these yeah we really do yeah but yeah we like making these and um if you like the idea of giving us money who are we to stop you (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm certainly not going to stop you All right. I love, I love you. you so, so much. Thank you, darlings. We love every last one of you. Yes. Eternal happy birthday to Seth. Yeah, always. And we love Seth and the, the rest of the kids. The whole gang. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yay to having Mariah back. Thank you again to my darling sweet mother for uh, filling in in the meantime. You might have noticed the sound quality was a little wacky. Um, I, I guess if you've gotten this far, you've been very gracious with us. So thank you for that. Uh, we <laughs> will we'll get better. It'll, uh, we're going to be back to 100% in no time. So thanks for bearing with us. We love every one of you so much. Um, if you want to email us, you can find us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, we love you. See you next week. Thanks for listening.